Rock and roll McDonald's. Rock and roll McDonald's. Rock and roll McDonald's. Rock and roll McDonald's. More news from nowhere. Uh, holy shit, a robot. <laughs> Recording in progress. One of the stuff you mad. Ah. I guess you know when to protect the privacy. I guess. I don't want to protect my privates. I don't even know robot telling me. Doesn't Zoom record everything, anyways? I'm almost I'm sure, sure do, but, right? Yeah. Well, privates. It's privates. been a been a rough week for me. For uh, basically, uh, you know, sometimes your brain doesn't work right and it starts seeing it's making the wrong mixture of slime. You feel uh. You're just real focused on death and regrets, and you start just having recursive thought loops about every mistake you've ever made. Uh, that's basically been my adult life, but go ahead. Uh, having one of those weeks, alternating between the, I'll be like that, and then I'll wake up and be like, you know what, I'm not ever going to die, I'm the best, but then everything makes me cry. Doesn't, doesn't <laughs> those two things are, are mutually exclusive. You can still be the best and still cry. Yeah, just, you know... If, if, What's going on? What's the deal, brain? Uh, got a lot of problems in the world and in your brain. Yeah. Nothing makes a sense. It's all the same. Yeah. I haven't been thinking too much about world problems this week. Just, uh. I mean, why would you? You got enough problems on your own. Yeah. Your brain's turned against you. Every mistake I've ever made. Every terrible, intrusive thought, you know? I mean, the honest, the truth, though, though, in a a life lived that most people have probably lots of things they should should consider mistakes, but that's just life for you, baby. Yeah, it's just normally I can't change it, you know, man. You know, you're Doc Brown. Yeah, normally I'm just like, that was terrible, whatever. But it's uh, just that I can't get the thoughts to go away this week. It's been uh, bothering me. So whatever, uh, everyone's gonna die, you know. Not, not me. Man. I like to believe. Uh, oh, what's that? Uh, shit. It's not really a philosophical, philosophical theory. It's more of a scientific theory. What? Oh, you, you just turn into carbon and get reused and recycled? No, no, no. Well, yeah, but that, not that, that's one. But that was the one I was thinking of. Well, oh. um, uh, it's not important. We're just stardust, baby. It's would, um, something to do with consciousness and when you you're the you're the hero of the universe and you, you you're gonna live forever or something like that That's oh you're talking about uh thelema Alistair curling every no human. no no but yeah it's like a, it's it's like a really uh every human is a star yeah sort of like that but not not uh, it, not with Alistair Crowley Crowley's shit same Alistair idea Crowley. basically same themes yeah speaking of Alistair Crowley just thelema. different window dressing I've been watching um, Kenneth Anger's short films this week, The Magical Lantern um, Cycle, I think is what it's called. A very lofty name for it. Um, most, I mean, everyone loves Kenneth Anger, like all of the great directors, like Marty Scorsese and shit. But mostly I've been watching them because uh, John Waters and David Lynch, my two dudes, cite Kenneth Anger as a direct influence, which you can definitely see when you watch it. But... um. Everything in my life, man, just comes back to Aleister Crowley and Charles Manson. Because <laughs> uh, Kenneth Anger, at one point, um, he's he's a fellow. He was into he was friends with Jack Parsons, 
and was all into Crowley's stuff. That's what, what the Magical Lantern cycle ends up really being about, like Lucifer rising and stuff. But then also, um, at one point, he was um, living with uh, Bobby Buscielli, one of the killers from the Manson family. So was, everything, man, fucking everything I'm interested in, fucking Charles Manson and Austin Crowley, they just keep coming up. Synchronicity, what's it all about? What does it mean? I'm just, am, no. I a, am I a weirdo too? <laughs> just like the same weird <laughs> shit? No weirdo? Yeah, <laughs> that's probably, that's yeah. honestly the most obvious answer. That's pretty much it. Gotta it's start watching you, think just like the FBI is. Kenneth Anger and Alistair Crowley. Well, I was thinking about Alistair Crowley's philosophy. So, you know, Thelema is, um, at the end, of the, it's actually like all about love and it's supposed to be a positive message, right? But then Crowley himself was like so obsessed with being like an enfant terrible. He would just say like the most insane shit publicly all the time. And this thing, like at one point in history until relatively recently, maybe that was like a positive way to like stir up shit in society to push radical ideas and stuff. But it's the same thing I was talking about before where people are like, well, I'm anti-establishment now by agreeing with everything in the fifties. I feel like <laughs> the real punk rock love tongue Ted Cruz. I can tell yeah. you about it right now. Let me show you this um, YouTube video. There's certain things that we've established at this point. You don't need to um, be shitty about to like push uh, radical thinking, right? You don't need to be like racist and weird to push radical thought. No, man, it's about like pushing limits or something. And I'm definitely I I don't I like provocative art and confrontational art, and I do like people that like push the limits of societal thinking and bad taste and stuff but there are some things that seem to be true right like you probably just don't i mean people have it bad enough as it is you probably don't need to be like racist to make a point about anything you know like it's not helping that's not helping <laughs> i mean can you ever think so. anytime someone was like was was racist to made a point maybe maybe to to, to make a point about racism yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I was because there's um, you know, Scorpio Rising is Kenneth Anger's like, I think most well known short film, and um, it has a lot of like fascist imagery in it, and I think he's it's a he's doing it to illustrate the the, the uniform society of the fifties like motorcycle culture and masculinity and stuff, but like if you look at it just as it's presented, it's almost like it's like when Bowie did the Thin White Duke and was flirting with fascism and stuff. Like, I think he was really <laughs> into fascism. You're making a little too sexy uh, there, Bowie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or do you think he was really like thinking fascism was a good idea, or is he just you know experimenting with shit? But that was also like the time period where he was uh, his diet was cocaine and jalapenos, so yeah, and milk too. A lot of milk. <laughs> when you eat that much jal- uh, jalapenos, you gotta yeah, uh, it's a little spicy in there. Oh, it's a capsaicin somehow. And the, I guess the, even that goes back to Alistair Crowley because uh, David Bowie was really into the Thelemite stuff too during that time period. And he uh, got um, Jimmy Page's old house and him and his wife saw a creature rising from the, the pool after they'd done some sort of like satanic, right? I don't remember all the details, but he said everything is Alistair Crowley is my point. <laughs> <laughs> 
Was that your larger point? I feel like you're that story was going. I don't know. Well, I mentioned like my brain wasn't working very well this week, so this is gonna probably be a real scatter shot episode. <laughs> in J- Japan, they have um matcha green tea Kit Kats because they love Kit Kats in Japan, so they have like thousands of different flavors. <laughs> I also love matcha green tea. Yeah, and my friend went to Japan one time, and when she came back, she uh, had a bunch of Kit Kats and. The matcha green tea boys are amazing. I remember eating them, and I was like, I'll do anything to get a supply of these matcha green tea. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you can order them from the internet these days. I was thinking of that recently, but at the time, I was like, I guess I'll marry her. I guess, I guess I'll marry <laughs> <be> her. <friend." laughs> well, I, that's one of the things with with regards to regret lately is... um. I've really been like, I wish I could go back like 10 years in time, learn Japanese and start training to be a professional wrestler. I think that was like the big dream I missed out in my life is I should have gone and wrestled in Japan. I think that would have been the coolest thing I could have done with my life. A lot of people are like, yeah, man, I wish I could fly planes or blah. not me, man. I want to be a weird professional wrestler in Japan. I want to get cut open by Jun Kisai. That's hmm. my dream. I want to get stabbed by a Yakuza in a back alley, just like Big Van Vader. Or um, Ricky Doza, the guy that trained Antonio Inoki, who's secretly a North Korean, and the Yakuza found out and killed him. Oh. Yeah. Fun. The Yakuza is cool in movies, but in real life, I don't think they're very cool. <laughs> kind of like the mob. Yeah. They pretty, seem pretty, it seems like a fun way to live in the movies. Well, not always. They, they, there's always consequences, even in the movies, really. Uh, yeah, it's not, it doesn't seem as fun in real yeah, life. Yeah, but it's fun, for, it's fun for a hot minute. Yeah, especially Yakuza, because all they do is, like, sex trafficking, which sucks. No, that's the hottest shit. Everybody's doing sex trafficking. Yakuza, your mailman, congresspeople. What's cool about Japan, to me, I think, is um, it manifests in some toxic ways, in my opinion. It's like the work culture and stuff. But there's, like, a real, like, legitimacy and, like they treat everything like a fine art in Japan. You know what I mean? There's, like, tradition and stuff about it. So like, Not like here in America, no one takes pride in their work. Go to McDonald's and their quarter pounders are all greasy and fucked up. Well, I was thinking more about um, when it comes to like the arts, like because uh, I was going to bring up deathmatch wrestling. <laughs> also, <known laughs> well, you said the, everything, yeah. so I was being really well. Yeah, I was bringing to lowest common denominator. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah, it does manifest in tragic ways. Like, yeah, the work culture fucking sucks, but it, it, it's cool for like performance art. It, I mean, honestly, it doesn't. When it gets to that point, it, it even seems really similar to like the whole idea of like, you, I don't care if if you get paid more from unemployment, you go to work right now, goddammit. it, you, <laughs> you work yourself to the bone. Well, I, the thing that I like about it, I guess, is so deathmatch wrestling in the United States is really counterculture, very like hillbilly, carny sort of shit, like the back. Well, like most wrestling, is. yeah, and the, but in Japan, it's like you're treated like a legitimate art form. And I was speaking to Jun Kasai. I remember watching a documentary with him at one point where him and his wife were putting together one of the uh, apparatuses that were going to be used in a death match. And it was like hand saws that were attached to like a two by f- no, or like a plank of wood. And um, he was talking about how he got the hand saws from a hundred yen store, which is like a dollar store, because uh, people in Japan, the audience would be familiar with the handsaw. And he said, uh, it's important to use weapons that the audience is familiar with so that it's easier for them to imagine the pain. And I, I, it's like, I remember nodding along like, yeah, Jun Kasai, this man's a genius. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Hold on, let me get my notebook out. Yeah, fucking <laughs> hell yeah, man. This is serious shit. This is the realest, realest goddamn shit I ever heard. <laughs> this is true faces, of, faces of death. Oh, by the way, they were making faces of death. Oh, really? Yeah, it's gonna be uh, a full fiction this time. Well, I mean, it was it's, originally uh, anyway. It's, yeah, I know. It was like it was like ninety percent fiction. Um, yeah, the, um, there was the, animal cruelty that in it that was real. That was about it. Um, but here's the great part, Kyle. Guess what it's hmm. about? It's about a YouTube videographer person. Yeah, who's trying to get illicit content, right? Yeah, I already saw VHS and VHS two and VHS viral. <laughs> That's not even v- those VHS ones. Actually, had real short stories. <laughs> you give them some credit. Yeah, the, the first two VHS movies are pretty good. I like the first one the best, but the second one that has like the the longer one that's set in like um, Cambodia or Thailand, where they like run into I haven't seen the second one. Demon. I mean, that one's pretty tight. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I feel like uh, in today's uh, in, um, environment, today's cancel cancel culture. I don't know if you could remake face faces of death. <laughs> you know, everybody's getting going around being canceled. Well, being canceled. That one reporter for um a- AP News, or whatever, definitely got canceled for at uh, one point supporting Palestine. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> they're pretty upset about that their offices got blown up by israel and they were kind of bummed about that but then they found out one of the reporters at one point supported palestine that was even worse was it ap news i know i know ap news is building up on but didn't that report i thought the reporter worked for somewhere else says ap news i can't remember the story uh, she she worked must have worked for them because they're the ones who fired her oh. i didn't get all the details of the story but i do remember that uh she's that's who fired her <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was the New York Times. No, I'm pretty sure it's Alternative Press, right? Whatever AP is. AP is not Alternative Press. What is it? (laughs) It's Associated Press. Oh yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) I think it's a yeah. I think that's that's what made it funny to me was that relationship. I just thought it was another one of those things. "Ah, That's that's New York Times for us. No, you're right. It was AP. Yeah, because it just made it extra funny. It was like, man, we're pretty upset you guys blew up our office, but whatever. Holy shit, one of our reporters when they were in college supported Palestine. Fucking bull- bullshit. Not on my watch. No. <laughs> no I didn't see um, Ted Cruz and those guys. They didn't seem to be upset that she got canceled. What's the deal with that? <laughs> I think we all know why. Oh, it's that they, they, they actually don't care about free speech yeah, no, no. they just want to be able to say important. say slurs and stuff <laughs> <laughs> nice i uh tried to rewatch um memoirs of a geisha because it's on amazon mm-hmm. <laughs> i forgot that that movie is not in japanese <laughs> <laughs> i was like holy shit they just everyone just say all right everyone speak english and make sure to do a japanese accent i guess so I couldn't finish it. I was like, this sucks. Let's <laughs> <laughs> watch a Japanese movie instead. <laughs> it's like well, every time I watch a, a Greek or a Roman movie and they're not speaking ancient Greek or Roman. They're I get speaking the, the king's English. Yeah. <laughs> they're also like Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Uh, so I did end up watching a Japanese movie on Amazon because uh, Noboru Iguchi, uh, famous director of uh, Zombie Ass. Oh yeah, we talked about it. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, he, one of his movies is on Amazon Prime. It's called Dead Sushi. So 
anyone who's curious about this man's amazing directing talent, check it out. Joe Bob says, check it out. I got uh, you're not email. Joe Bob. I got an email from him. <laughs> I said, hey, should people check you're this lying. out? Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're, you can't put said, words in Joe Bob's mouth. He said, oh, great. We're gonna check it out. <laughs> check it out. Shit, yeah, Joe Bob Briggs is going to cancel us for sure. <laughs> oh, this is the birds again. Oh, birds. birds. Maybe I'm not too old to um, become a Japanese professional wrestler. I got to get started yeah, real mean, quick. You definitely are. Too old. You're way too old. You can't do anything anymore. You're bold and broken. You know what you should do? Retire. Okay. <laughs> that sounds good. I'm going to retire to... Short recruit of Japanese wrestling career. Yeah, I'm going to retire to Japan, though, so I can get some more of those green tea boys. Those Kit Kat boys. <laughs> I mean, who knows what kind of wonderful flavors of, of green tea candy they have in Japan. Probably a bunch. Matcha's good. Matcha's good in everything. Put that shit in your um, pizza. Mm, Matcha no, green don't do tea that. Na, 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 na. That's another weird thing about this week is uh, for some reason I really wanted chocolate and I normally don't like chocolate. Oh, get your period. That's what it feels like. Your man period. Well, it feels like the exaggerated uh, patriarchal misogynist concept of what a period is, right? You know, all women go crazy when they're on their period and they love chocolate and fighting <laughs> their boyfriends or all the cliches of having a period is what I'm going through. <laughs> I'm all swollen and puffy. <clears throat> I do feel kind of bloated, but I didn't work out today. Probably didn't drink enough water. water. Hey, if I don't work out, I feel like I don't ever drink enough water, but I don't know. I keep track of it, and it's always roughly the same, but it seems to feel different. I don't know. Everything sucks if you don't work out the whole day. It feels like I think it's just wasted. Like a beer's a big loser, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just fat piece of shit that no one will ever love. Especially not like some powerful strong japanese muscle woman like reika psyche god damn it god damn it <laughs> wild expectations for love <laughs> sometimes you just gotta accept what the universe presents to you kyle no i need <laughs> yeah japanese. you can't seek out <laughs> um, large japanese muscle woman i need japanese muscle idols only ones. i mean again unless you actually do want to move to japan and become a wrestler I actually, I, mean, um, I don't know the odds of that these days. You're pretty big, um, so maybe. Yeah, I mean, and they like foreigners in Japan. Well, I mean, as I don't, I when it comes to like wrestling and certain things, they like to see foreigners and stuff. I just have to have a pretty like good gimmick. I feel that one wrestler, Lady Beard, already has the best fucking gimmick though. That asshole. She's got a beard and she's a lady. The perfect. Oh, an Australian man who dresses in like Lolita clothes. And does heavy metal and idol stuff and wrestles and shit. He's already got the best fucking gimmick, that piece of shit. <laughs> Seems like a nice guy, though. Um, let's see what else. Oh, yeah. Oh. Speaking of uh, cutie sweeties, um, last week I mentioned I was watching Twice music videos. I mentioned before on the podcast that um, I'm trying to get, I tend to get like hyper fixated on things for like a week or two. And so, like last week, I was waking up watching like the same two or three twice music videos every morning to get prepared for life, I guess. And then so uh, <laughs> I gotta start my day off right. Yeah. And so that means YouTube started recommending me like nothing but twice content. And uh, they since it's uh, in K pop you're not just like a musical group, you're an entire entertainment product, right? So they have uh, tons of uh faux reality behind the scenes parasocial relationship uh fostering content on youtube and shit 
So I watched some of it, and I guess probably because how shitty I was doing that week, I was like, "Oh yeah, I can, I can absolutely feel the dopamine from this." Is really for temporarily recreates the feeling of like hanging out with like your your cutie sweeties, your gal pals, <laughs> your best gal on a Friday night. Oh, yeah, but then I was like, "But this is like fake as shit." And then uh, spiral downward into all the thoughts I have about K-pop, and K-pop's fucking gross. It's so fake, and I just feel so far sorry for the girls. You know what I mean? Where it's like, all right, so you're taken away from your family at 13 or 14, forced to directly compete against each other, probably physically and emotionally abused, sometimes sexually. Uh, it's nothing but just stress and competition and abuse and human rights violations. And then, oh, you luck out and you're in a popular group. And then it just per- perpetuates for another decade of you being abused by the public. Yeah, but how much money do you get, Kyle? Because that's what everybody cares about these well, days. Luckily, All that sweet, sweet quiche. Luckily, it turns out a lot of them um, just end up in debt to the company. Perfect. You get that. Oh yeah, you got your soul the company store, huh? Yeah. And then the the audience really, really expects like all these girls to be like BFFs, right, and to love each other. And it's like there's no way. Like they were in direct competition through their teenage years, and like a abuse. Like if they do all like get along and love each other, they're fucking angels. But it's also like they're they've it's been- also impossible. For any group of people to get along, completely yeah, especially like forced to live together, like three to a room. Yeah, I've seen the cameras. fucking real world. There's gonna be a puck in there. Yeah, if, no way they get along all the time, but they're forced to do it, and then they're forced to like encourage like the parasocial shit. Like, oh, we love you once is, and well, it's like fucking. And then think about if that indoctrination actually gets into their head, where like then all they have to rely on is love from the public. But then all they, anytime they fuck up just a little bit, all they get is hate for it. And then well, that's like, why like uh, suicide rates are so high among Korean celebrities, right? Right, and then even in Twice specifically, two of the girls have had to take like long hiatuses because of uh, quote unquote anxiety or being overworked, right? But they're probably fucking destroyed by this fucking concept. Everything they have to engage with, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> They've really been Britney Spears out there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying the American entertainment industry is any better. It's just uh, this, these are just my thoughts. <laughs> it's just different. Week. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it seems more like codified and like factory. Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like it's uh, more systemic in, in Korea. In Korea yeah. And, it's even in Japan different. Like, you can just be like, all right, we're an idol group now, like an actual band, you know what I mean? And just start doing shit. But in Korea, their entire entertainment industry seems so like codified and corporately controlled. Like, every aspect of the comedians, musicians, actors, they all work for these entertainment companies and have to go through the same shit. I don't know. It's terrifying. It's, <laughs> it's like the American entertainment industry in the 1920s. Yeah. That's scary shit. So anyways, yeah, I, I feel bad for Twice and Blackpink and BTS and all of them. It seems... I don't know, man. It seems shitty. But uh, nothing against them. Those are some brave kids, in my opinion. Because I would just imagine myself right at the outset where they're like, all right, well, your parents dropped you off. You're not going to see them again for a couple of years, probably, and you're 14. I'm like, no fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't imagine mom or, or dad dropping you off 14 for that. So. Yeah. 
dodged a bullet, I guess. <laughs> like, well, well, well uh, let's be honest. You didn't, you, you didn't have the singing chops of 14 to be in an Iowa group, right? Uh, I don't have the singing chops now after years of like singing and performing and shit. <laughs> like, no, I'm, no, you got him. You like, you got a real, uh, like, a, a natural not, tenor. Like, a, it's like a Bruce, uh, nah, Bruce Springsteen. I'm not a very good singer. I can just kind of sing. That kind of thing. Yeah. I guess if you want to start a punk band, I'm your man. <laughs> no, you're too old to start a punk band. All, right, all no, the real punks. The best time to do it is or, uh, or into Ted Cruz and. Uh, I can't think of another. Yeah, I can't think of for some reason. Because, you know, real punks don't like jabs. Real punks don't want to protect their own community. You uh, stupid. So, I, I mean, even that, it's just such a stupid thing. I can't imagine anybody. Uh, well, that one guy making an argument. Oh, they, they're they just doing it because they want to be able to play shows again. So, yeah, you fucking idiot. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to die from doing their job. Wow, that's crazy, man. You're right. You've, you're right. They are posers. <laughs> yeah, man. Totally. You got it. <laughs> I can't imagine. Well, the whole thing, too, is like, there's not like a punk group out there. It's like, you know what? Fuck vaccines and fuck science. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there might be these days. Yeah, but... I mean, 100% there is. You know what I mean? There's someone yeah. out there that doesn't. But, you know, it's not. When I think punk rock, it's not. <laughs> Woo! Fuck science. Yeah. Well, that's 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 such like um a weak aesthetic view of punk rock. Like someone who doesn't, who's never actually it's just all anti-establishment there. Well, it's just, I'm anti-everything. I have no ethos, which is a lot, a lot of people seem to seem that about punk. And maybe there are, there are historical punk figures like Sid Vicious or whatever that are just nihilists or whatever. But if you've ever been a part of a punk scene, like generally there is like, there's more to it than just like, yeah, fuck everything. <laughs> Because that's, like, not a sustainable way to think. Anarchy in the UK. Anarchy in the UK. Which I, And then, yeah, it's like anarchy is also fucking an actual set of beliefs. It's not just everyone run wild. <laughs> Whatever. I'm sure the, the members of Crass would have never gotten vaccinated. <laughs> that's for sure. They're not posers. <laughs> and they definitely wouldn't have supported trans rights. <laughs> No way. <laughs> Real punks hate trans people. <laughs> Real punks reason. hate marginal other marginalized people for some reason. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still doing the math. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I guess it's because there has been like a lot of watering down of punk over the years, right? Where it is kind of just more aesthetic than anything. A lot of the... Uh, I'm looking at you, Blink-182. Yeah, I mean, they didn't promote hate or anything, but, (laughs) but I mean, like, you know, like, just think of even, so cyberpunk, um, I don't want to think about cyberpunk, had, well, just the concept, are we talking about about Billy Idol cyberpunk? Oh, hell yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, I was, you know, but, uh, so cyberpunk had actual, uh, critiques, uh, presented as if it was the future, but they were critiquing contemporary problems, right? And then the next the next suffix punk thing was steampunk, which was just, I don't know, somehow the Victorian area and industrialization is cool, I guess. Right? So no critique of any kind. No politics. <laughs> Kyle, they got top hats and and, and, and trains. And yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> cogs and everywhere. Airships. Goddamn cogs. <laughs> and then now they they got like sol- solar punk and hope punk, which is just like what the fuck is solar punk. Despite all, some people say Tank Girl is solar punk, but it's no because the sun's out. 
uh, <laughs> or desert punk they'll say tank girls but it's also oh, man, just you can't like, cut a genres up that much I hate yeah, yeah. Do that. well it's just like meaningless aesthetic shit because it's like yeah. oh hope punk despite all evidence to the contrary somehow the future is just gonna be totally great and we won't have anything to worry about like hell yeah man that's a very interesting art form like it's great to think that positively maybe the future will work out and it'll be utopian and stuff but is that an engaging type of art Star Trek did it. Everything's fucking great. Yeah, but you know what I mean. They still still had conflict they needed to deal with. Yeah, just not on, just not at home. At home. Yeah, well, even just like, like, they um, brought that in a little bit. Just an opiate. Like, oh, well, I won't worry about shit now because in the future, man, we'll just be fucking. It'll be great, and it's, that's that doesn't mean anything. That's not going to help anyone. <laughs> <laughs> that's just escapism for the sake of escapism. I guess people need it though. Like me, I gotta watch more twice videos. Hang out with the cutie, the cutie sweeties. Get some hope punk in you. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start uh, Black Hole Punk. Black Hole Punk. Black Hole Punk. Won't you punk? Have you watched um, (laughs) Army of the Dead yet? No. I guess I should. I just watched last night, but I fell asleep. I heard it's got a lot of uh, technical camera problems in it. That's surprising, considering it was it wasn't a shot during COVID. Yeah, there's been um, a lot of interviews with Zack Snyder lately because of Army of the Dead and yeah. um, he's been talking a lot of shit. No, he seems like he's an all right guy. It's just man, if only all your movies were like the first twenty minutes of the Dawn of the Dead remake. You know? <laughs> no, I just mean he's. I don't mean he's talking a lot. I just mean he said. I don't necessarily mean he's talking a lot of bullshit. Well, oh. I mean he's talking a lot of bullshit about his movies. I guess is what it is. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, every time I read an interview, he always says, says something. I'm like, is that really what you're going for, Zach? Because your execution is fucking awful then. Well, I haven't seen something like about um, it's a lot uh, more self deprecating stuff lately. Oh, yeah. There's a couple cool quotes about what the we talked about. The, what's that movie called? The one with the the girls. Oh, Sucker Punch. It's like a, yeah, Sucker Punch. God. And he was like, yeah, it's, I was just trying to show people a conflict of what they wanted or some shit. I'm like, what? Doesn't make any sense, Zach. Oh, with, uh, like what? With like sexualization of uh, women? Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't get what he was like, Whatever, man. Well, yeah, because we talked about hey, before when I was watching the Noboru Gucci movies where like there was kind of a dissonance between the message of the film and like how the women were presented in it visually. It's like, oh, I don't know if that works. But then <laughs> that's kind of exact center to a T though. Like, oh, I don't know if that works. Yeah. But I don't know. He seems like he'd be an all right guy to hang out with. It's just like, come on, man. That was first 15 minutes. What happened to all that? <laughs> <laughs> Let someone yeah. else write your movies. Maybe. maybe yeah. I mean, he, he's, I think he would be, he's a got great, an okay. eye. he's just like his, uh, I don't know. His color I choices are always would, fucking weird. Be a great music video director is what I think. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to do trailers. Hell yeah. He's got, I mean, he's, I'm sure he's got more technical know how and possibly more talent than I do. So I'm not hating on him too much, but it is just like, I don't know, make a better movie and then I'll really like you. <laughs> <laughs> People don't need to be defined by their jobs, but like when you're a director and you're like famously a director, you got to be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, but that's a little different when, it, uh, when it's art. And yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, when you want to be proud of, like he clearly wants to be proud of what he's doing, right? He wants mm-hmm. it to be good. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think just... he should. He has the right to be proud of the movies he's made and stuff. He has made 
not great movies, but he's clearly a competent. I don't know if I had his level <laughs> of success, I'd be like, I'd be, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? Not too bad. And it's not uh, like he's yeah, not walking I feel good about like, the, the money that I have, I guess. And like the fact that I didn't necessarily have to to worry about oh, yeah, I don't know having a shitty real job. But I would like artistically, I'd feel a little bit like this is not quite what I wanted. Yeah, but I, think, I mean, I don't, I don't feel. Like, look at his body of work, and if I was doing these movies, and like, not any of them really live up to what I would want. Like, if, that, if I made a Superman yeah. movie, that's Man of Steel is not what it would be look like. If I made the Watchmen, Watchmen is not what it would be like. Obviously, well, I don't have the technical know-how or the money, yeah. but like, I look at those movies, and I'm like, this is not. These are not those characters, and it even goes beyond that. Like, Sucker Punch kind of misses the point to me. Uh, Three hundred is fun, but there's some weird shit in it. Yeah, but that's just because it's such a direct translation of actual fascist Frank Miller. <laughs> uh, Dawn yeah. of the Dead is like, you know, like I really like the actual Dawn of the Dead, the original Dawn of the Dead, so it's hard to judge that one. Yeah, that's the problem with the Dawn of the Dead remake, where it's like, it's pro- it is it is one of the best like um, zombie renaissance movies, right? It's like that in 28 Days Later. But it's, it's, do I like it as much as the first one? And, and then kind of calls into question the legitimacy of it and then yeah the watchman thing is the real sticking point for me because i don't care too much about superman like all the needless like buildings yeah but i mean if like you say if someone man. handed you a bunch of money to make a superman movie and, and you like yeah i'm gonna make the best superman movie that ever was ever made right you this was not you wouldn't make anything like man of steel no, but if someone handed me the reins to make a Superman movie, my initial thought would be... <laughs> It'd be all leather and studs. Well, yeah, I'd be like, I'm going to fuck Superman up. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't be like, I'm making the best Superman movie. I'd be like, no, I'm making the weirdest Superman movie. <laughs> yeah, the Watchmen thing, though, is like, I could, like, to even Dane to make a Watchmen movie, it's like, oh, I don't I guess like, that one kind of, like, fell into his lap, right? The studio was going to do it no matter what, and, like, they offered it to him. He said, okay. But, like, I would have been like, ah, no, I'm not going to make this. Some other dumb asshole can make that. <laughs> it's Damon Lindelof. Yeah, <laughs> Damon Lindelof. I'll do it. I'll do it uh, even worse. You know, I'll make a direct sequel. <laughs> It'll be even worse. Can you believe it? Yep. That's, that's the way of the road. By Jack Kerouac. That's um, on the road, right? By Jack Kerouac. Jack Kerouac. Sometimes I remember I um, being relatively young, and Jack Kerouac was still seen sort of as a counterculture figure. But like, <laughs> I wanna think, yeah, when I was like 16, 18. Yeah, yeah when you think about I after reading On the Road and more about Jack Kerouac and like just in general now, it's kind of like, nah, he kind of sucked. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Ginsburg and William S. Burroughs are much more interesting from like the beat generation. It's weird that Jack Kerouac was the one that like made it. I guess Ginsburg is quite installed in broader culture i don't know actually because I, I it's just no, I can't I like definitely more than there's weird dissonance where i read shit on the internet and it's like people who know about shit like that but then i just think about real life where <laughs> i don't know fucking no anyone. one knows anybody but yeah. <laughs> yeah, i don't fucking <laughs> i've never known anyone in my life that like i could aside from you that i could be like yeah so you know how uh in ginsburg's how well uh <laughs> that's why like, people are like yeah man if he if he reads infinite jest he's a fucking predator like, motherfucker I, out of the hundreds of friends i've had in my life 
None of them even know who the fuck David Foster Wallace is unless I specifically told them about shit David Foster Wallace. Man, and that's not like, something I'm not being prideful in that I knew who David Foster Wallace is because I've talked about before where it was because um I'm poor and didn't have an education and stuff. I went out of my way when I was 18 or 19 to prove to myself that I was capable of understanding these uh, sacred cows of literature and blah, 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 and <laughs> how worthless it was. I got I gotta a fucking hot take about Infinite Jest and David Foster Wallace. Okay. My thing is, if you like Infinite Jest and David Foster Wallace, well, I guess I like David Foster Wallace. If you like Infinite Jest that much, yeah, uh, you're a fucking predator because it is a fucking chore. Yeah, I read through it once and I was like, I need to give, I guess <laughs> I am a predator because after I read it, I was like, I need to give this book to someone else to see what they say about it. Because <laughs> I was like, it's interesting, but it's um, it's weird that that's like the pillar of Gen X 90s counterculture alternative literature that it is, right? Because you read it and it's like, there's some good ideas in there, but it's, um, Quentin Tarantino could have hammered out a better <laughs> plot, I think. <laughs> more succinct for sure yeah 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 <laughs> I, my, my favorite thing about it is just that in that future the movies are called Disney's because Disney's the only company yeah, that makes that's pretty clever I guess he predicted the future on that one shout out to David Foster Wallace <laughs> and um, he, was, he was always wearing um, uh, headbands like Tupac so it's another he's got that going for him another cool thing not a big baller though not a, not a big into the b-ball like <laughs> no i guess it was uh, he it was more he was wasn't really head wearing headbands like tupac either it was more um what's uh the, the the la punk dude that always had the bandana on not social distortion shit i'm losing my mind this week yeah listeners know what i'm talking about the guy that was in he's a white boy that was in uh the 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 chicano gang in la Whatever, you know what it is. <laughs> His mom came into the room and thought he was on drugs and he just wanted a Pepsi, you know? You know that famous song? That guy? Crossover, you know. thrash metal, punk, 80s shit. He, that was the headband style he's wearing anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I can't remember the name of that band. It's uh, holy I gotta, shit. Can, since I've been uh, preparing for Dungeons Dragons while I've been working this week, I've been watching some like, Dungeons Dragons stuff on YouTube. <laughs> And I came across something that um, I feel like will both ups- upset you a little bit because uh, of the week you've had, but also kind of plays into some of the things we talked about. Um, I'm just going to play the clip real quick for you. I'm not going to say who it's from because I don't need to put anybody on, on blast here. Um, ready? Okay. All right. Um, so, hey, one thing I just I wanted to take a step back really quickly, and I wanted to look at this. Uh, there's this poem at the beginning. And I, I have never heard of this author. His name is uh, Arthur Rimbod, but he oh, has shit. this poem for the Sunless Citadel. It's all things roll here. Horrors of midnights, campaigns of a lost year, dungeons disturbed and groves of lights echoing on these shores. Still clear dead ecstasies of questing nights. Yet how the wind revives us here. That's beautiful. Mm. Mm. That's a good one. I went and, and I Googled him because I was like, well, maybe there's more meaning to this. And basically the only thing that comes up for him is like, hey, one of his poems is in the Sunless Citadel. So I'd oh. have to do some more research. Dang, that was his. Well, OK, like props to Bruce for pulling somebody's beautiful poetry out of what was otherwise obscurity, I guess. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> 
They don't know who Arthur Rimbaud is. As soon as he said it, I'm like, wait, did he pronounce it Arthur Rimbaud? <laughs> Arthur Rimbaud. Yeah, they pulled that poem out of obscurity, huh? <laughs> One of the most famous uh, French poets. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Holy shit. I'm surprised he didn't... Um, uh, do the one the poem that's about uh, the blister on the anus of a prostitute. That's, that's <laughs> it doesn't really go with uh, the Dungeons and Dragons thing. Hey, that connects to Ginsburg. Remember in uh, the Clash song? Um, holy shit, my brain. You know, it's got Ginsburg in the background. Ghetto Prince of Gutter Poets. Arturumbo. 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 I think you mean Arthur Ooh. Oh, it's. Uh, I was thinking of Mike Muir from Suicide Tendencies. Oh. I put that together while I was listening to those fucking nerds. <laughs> That's the, the worst thing about nerds is they have all this uh, information about pop culture shit and then don't seem to know anything about anything else. I got this poem, Arthur Rimbaud. Um, I tried to, to Google him. I, I Somehow I missed that there's movies about him and... Uh, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio played him. Yeah, before, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I just found that one poem about the Citadels of the Sun. It's probably I'm sure well. we said some dumb shit in on this podcast. We've been mean, at this yeah, point almost 200 episodes of things. We can't know everything, everything all the time, but whew, that just was a be tough one. So confidently off base, you know what I mean? I guess I'm. They weren't. <laughs> We've been. Like, so, I'm. Sure we confidently off base, but yeah, I guess it's not like they were acting like. They knew what they yeah, were experts on about, poetry right? or anything. It's just, uh, I guess, I just thought the whole thing was a little funny. It's, a, it's also, it's just kind of a weird context for Arthur Rimbaud to um, appear oh, yeah. in, right, on the D and D like podcast. <laughs> well, he's uh, they use that's the whole thing. They used a part of his poem. Uh, I think it's from Black Current River, right? Uh, say Song and Infair in one of his uh, in one of the the Dungeons and Dragons modules. One of the adventures, the poem appears in it. Interesting. Which means um, either the, the the guy that wrote that adventure is way more well-read than these guys, which probably. Uh, or he know, just um, uh, randomly selected a cool poem. Was uh, Matt Mercer the critical role guy? Let's ask him if he knows who Arthur Rimbaud is. <laughs> he might. Like, is, that, uh, is that a character from uh, Mass Effect? Right, <laughs> Shepard? <laughs> Is he Shepard? I have never played Mass Effect. Oh, wait, no. Or is he Drake from Nick? Not Nick Drake. Uncharted? Does he do Uncharted? No, I think he's... Fuck if I, I don't know any of these. Enemies. Oh, I do. I have been, that's the other thing, too. I've been catching up on uh, Critical He's Role McCree uh, in uh, Overwatch, right? Yeah, I know. Every time I fucking play Overwatch, I, someone shoots me. And I'm like, fuck that motherfucker. Um, but I've been catching up on Critical Role. And one, one of the recent episodes, um, they go to like... Uh, a dungeon that's uh, the ruins of an ancient civilization, and they meet uh, a, a robot, a damaged robot, and they give him a stupid name, just like you guys did. They they stole from <laughs> him to the ether again. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what they called the, their fucking Charlie. I think here's his chicken, Dave. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it was. That was uh, Ryan came with that, didn't he? I can't remember my other Ryan. Video games. All right, Matt Mercer, who have you been, huh? Man, it's since 2004. He's Fei Long in Street Fighter for 4. That's, that's pretty tight of him. <laughs> He's not Chinese or from Hong Kong. Fei Long's from Hong, Hong Kong, right? Or is he Taiwan? I can't remember. Might be Taiwan. It's time to learn more about Fei Long. He's a Bruce Lee knockoff. So probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we everyone knows that. 
So should be Hong Kong, though, right? Yeah, I think so. He's Leon Kennedy in Resident Evil 6. I never played Resident Evil 6. Yeah, I guess he's not Shepard. I don't know. Whatever. He's McCree. <laughs> <laughs> That's the important part. That Mercer weird guy. What's that? I just hate his hair and his sideburns. <laughs> I feel like he, he waited around for that, that middle part to come back. Yeah, it's circled back around. He's had the same haircut since 1992. That's the thing, too. Uh, I was thinking about that this week. Um, Zoomer fashion, right? Um, yeah, you assholes. It's just like um, I'm uh, someone who's uh, consistently been very interested in fashion and different types of uh, sartorialism and dressing, you know what I mean? Fashion in different aspects and street fashion and stuff and so I don't want to come across as like a boomer who's just like, oh, kids today, blah, blah, Because my problem isn't with like, oh, you guys look crazy or anything. It's you guys look fucking boring. And there's I like, mean, like 90s fashion looked bad in the 90s. Well, yeah. And then you you just look like, especially like that normcore shit. Like you think dressing like your 50 year old dad is like interesting. Fucking sucks, man. You look terrible. I don't know. It's just like mainstream fashion in general is always kind of boring to me. Anyways, uh, I just feel like at this point, it's the most boring I've seen it since being a child in the 90s. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you know, fucking what if everything was uh, denim or gray? And I'm going to get you some fucking black and orange uh, bicycle shorts. You're going to fucking wear those motherfuckers every I'll wear those shit. Day. Hell yeah. Keep my nuts. Got to work, uh, work your glutes. Oh, I do. I would need to work my glutes on those bad boys. Can't be showing off these chicken cutlets. <laughs> I do squats and shit all the time, but it it doesn't help. My butt doesn't get bigger. It just gets firmer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really firm chicken cutlet. Yeah. It's a burnt one. It's, it's like uh, when you bake chicken and you do it for too long, it just becomes leather. <laughs> Yeah, I like, I like to bake my chicken just a little bit too too little, and then I let it cool on the oven. Delicious. I don't bake chicken very often. I don't know. I do. Hmm. Mm. My thing, favorite thing to do with chicken in general is you just chop it up and then um, cook it in like oil and butter and put some kind of sauce on it because then it'll actually taste like something. <laughs> <laughs> Just I just I season the rice. shit out of mine, mm. uh, and then uh, you you throw it in the oven at uh, three fifty for about twenty minutes, and then you you throw a little bit of marinade on it for uh, about another five at the end. Call it a day. I just feel like the chicken I've got. Yeah, use thighs. I don't know why you just breasts. Breasts oh. are not for they're not for eating. I don't. It's, there's nothing in there. It's just yeah. all protein. So <laughs> fat. Fat was the flavor. It's, you guys yeah. say you, have, you don't watch Julia Childs. Oh yeah, that's uh, I m- mostly get breasts because of the protein and the yeah, uh, uh, boiled chicken breasts and brown rice. Yeah, well, I'm not one of those crazy people because I just, well, still like to enjoy food, and luckily I like chicken and rice. But yeah, I gotta chop it up and like marinate. You know what I mean? It's gotta actually have flavor. I'm not just gonna eat a regular ass chicken breast. That's crazy. I have a spooky top ten. Um, military encounters with monsters article but before you get into that uh well this uh the 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 60 minutes and the pentagon acknowledging ufos uavs uaps what do you think the actual purpose is because it's not aliens and it's not some advanced drone technology and blah what are they 
then why are they being are they trying to get funding for the space force or what like what are they actually trying to i know what's actually going on you know what well, I mean? There's got to be some ulterior motive because it's not aliens, it's not advanced drones or shit like that. It's it's misinterpreting natural phenomena, most likely, as boring as that is. But the reason they're presenting it as a legitimate threat and getting Obama on board and everyone, what's the actual purpose, huh? What are they trying to get money for? What are they trying to swindle me out of? <laughs> what does the Pentagon want this time? You know, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Depending on wants to spend money on space exploration instead of like shooting missiles into Afghanistan or, mm-hmm. or Iraq, I'm all for it. Let's do it. Well, it's just they'll create a fake threat in space and they'll actually just be up there blowing up asteroids and stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing, like, the whole alien shit. Like, there's no evidence. There's just as much evidence that it's aliens as there is that it's, you know, uh, interdimensional travelers as there is that it's time travelers as there is that it's uh, wizards as there is that it's God. You know what I mean? It's all the same bullshit as far as I'm concerned. There's no real evidence about anything at this point. Just yeah. that there's something that these people have been seeing. Um, no. So I don't. I honestly don't know what the whole impetus of this is. I don't think it has. I don't think it's aliens, right? Because look at the 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 history of human exploration. Um, we don't just show up randomly in spots and fuck with people. You know what I mean? That's not how we do it. I can't imagine that's how any advanced civilization would do it. I assume that probably no, show up both and take their shit. Yeah. So the most civilization taking our shit. <laughs> at the, yeah. At the very least, they're going to show up and like fucking announce their presence. Right. And be like, yeah. Hey, guess what? We're advanced. Let's, you need to talk to Give us. Give us your guys. shit. <laughs> Give us your shit. Or, I mean, even if they, even if they present themselves like hey, humans, I think if we, get to the point where we do space exploration, right? And we visit another planet. We'll try to be more chill, but it's still yeah. the, the threat is there, you know? It's it's like it's always sitting in Philadelphia. It's about the implication. Right. You know what I mean? Because if an advanced civilization comes to your uh, planet and you can't come to their planet, it, they can present themselves as peaceful. It doesn't matter if you have to accept. Yeah, like in Mars Attacks, where they <laughs> right. came in peace. <laughs> exactly, exactly like that. Yeah. But, um, so I mean, that's why I don't think it's aliens after, you know, a hundred years of people seeing this shit. Like, I, so I like ufology and the conspiracy shit. I don't take it seriously. I think it's fun. And I'm willing to admit the scope of human knowledge is probably limited in the universal scale. But the likelihood sure. that a civilization has interstellar travel that's convenient enough for them to just be popping in. Like, I, that just doesn't, I don't, I don't know. That doesn't seem legit to me. Doesn't seem pretty unlikely, right? Yeah, I mean, my whole thing too is you got to like think about this logically and extrapolate this. If human civilization gets to the point where we can travel to another planet, what would be the rules that we put in place? You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I don't think it's aliens. Unfortunately, that'd be pretty tight, tight as hell. But it would be more tight if they showed up and were like, "Hey, what's up, guys? We are aliens." It might be scary, but it'd be pretty tight. (laughs) And then yeah, Um, the it doesn't seem. Also, I don't know that it's drone technology to be the crazy ass drones that are flying this fast and disappearing. Right. I think, though, that it is potentially that it could be some sort of crazy technology that's like radar spoofing or something like that. Well, the, th- the thing is, and I, I mean, you can't trust the military witnesses anyways. What makes them special? But there are like eyewitness to go along. I don't trust eyewitnesses, so, period. Yeah. So but we'll start. That, that goes for aliens and murder investigations. And ghosts. Um, ghosts, you know, what I mean, eyewitnesses have been proven unreliable a lot of the time. I don't care how much training you have. Oh yeah, no, like they shouldn't even be allowed in 
court, honestly. People just don't remember shit correctly. And then it's also if some country did have some phenomenal technology like that, I, how has it not been used in some sort of combat capacity? Right. I refuse to believe any of the, any of these any of these shitty countries on Earth wouldn't have used it more maliciously at this point if they had the ability to travel in um, seconds and shit. You know? Yeah, I mean the United States sure as hell would have. You got to imagine China and Russia would have too. Or yeah. Like, besides that, who else can you think of that would have that kind of technology? I mean, maybe some of the European countries, but they're big assholes too. So, I mean, it most likely is. I think it's odd that uh, all these sightings are on restricted airspace. Well, yeah, it's weird that it's it's all interactive. Well, I guess it's because that's what the what the, the, the they're monitoring, but it's all right. interactions with military and shit. And uh, yeah, the uf- ufology. Um, hypothesis that exists for a long time is oh the aliens are interested in our nuclear technology that's why they started showing up as soon as the atom bomb was developed but i mean what the fuck does that have to do with like aircraft carriers and shit nuclear power or what some yeah and, uh, aircraft carriers are nuclear power the oh, really? ones are yeah russians aren't though oh no no russians are all diesel power <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I saw that I, one. Uh, I, fuck, I think Russia only still has one operable aircraft carrier, I, I believe, and it's like fucking puffing diesel smoke in the prison. Yeah, <laughs> I saw it catches on fire all the time and shit, too. <laughs> That's because uh, I saw that uh, Ted Cruz or someone was posted uh, Russia's like military ad and was like, <laughs> look at this compared to our soy boy military. And oh my god, I, like, I can't. They're what? both fucking propaganda. I can't stand <laughs> yeah. it. But hey, you know what? If uh, if the military's uh, recruitment propaganda gets the Republicans to defund some of the military, I guess that's worth it. Yeah, it's interesting that the position they're taking now, huh? Where they're like, yo, I guess the Russian military is so much cooler than the American military. I guess the argument that they're trying to push is uh, our military sucks, so we need more money. But they're making it as if it's a societal problem, not like a monetary funding one, like a cultural problem. So, well, money's not going to fix that, Ted Cruz. So. I guess we, we just, you know, we'll have a military anymore, huh? Just like the Founding Fathers intended. Just a well-armed militia. Just as I intend to have when uh, the uh, zombie apocalypse happens. So we'll develop a well-armed militia. There's not going to be no goddamn zombie apocalypse. You and your these people and their, their fantasies. You, it's fun to live Alien fantasy. fantasies, their zombie fantasies, their fucking apocalypse fantasies. You know what? The, the, when the apocalypse happens, it's not going to be like you think it is, and it's going to be terrible. It's also good. Uh, I mean, I, I I think it might actually be like I think it is, because it's going to be a uh, um, climate catastrophe, but it's going to be a long process. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be yeah. one small catastrophe after another, building and building and building and building. It's, I feel like we're almost like already on the precipice of full collapse. Anyways, like just a couple Probably, more problems arise, and like I look at uh, the way India's handled uh, COVID. I'm like, yeah, that's that's kind of that's talking to mom about that the other day. You know, bumming our mom out about it. <laughs> I was like, really, just kind of seems like you know, a couple more catastrophes, and that's it. I don't know. There's t- plenty of tumultuous times in history, right? It's just yeah, seems like there's I mean, an endpoint at this point, though. So I mean that's I don't know that there's a necessary endpoint, but I I, um, I foresee potentially like a Bronze Age style collapse where human civilization regresses very far. 
that's cool. We maybe we can we can make a great change at that point and become a, a more styling society. I don't think so, but oh. we'll see. <laughs> That's an interesting thing about. It. Also, going back to very beginning of the podcast when I was talking about, um, so I was emo- very emotionally vulnerable this week, as I mentioned. So that made me susceptible to the um, parasocial uh, b- propaganda that is uh, twice as social media, right? I was thinking, um, is it that people in general now are lonelier and more atomized than ever? So that's why people are more susceptible to the parasocial relationship phenomenon? Or is it just because more of it exists now and people would have always latched on to something like that? What do you think? Like I think in the Middle Ages, would they be able to be like, well, I'm, I'm a twice stand. <laughs> well, I think it's a little bit of, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, if you want me to be honest, you know, uh, I think the the ease of it makes it so that there's so there's so many so options. Common that place, you, yeah, yeah. You can you can catch a different a lot of different people's interests that way. Mm-hmm. But there's been examples of this shit back in history, right? I, I always like to think of religion. I think about is. the uh, that Kola Munster, you know, mm-hmm. where there uh, it was like this weird Christian call around the same time of the Lutheran Reformation reformations. Uh, that kind of took over the entire town, but everybody's buying into their bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, just I guess think, yeah, because it's kind of the same thing. People are just looking for something. I guess, yeah, because it is almost like they are sort of like small scale acceptable consumer cults, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> all it really is. That's how I look at it, anyways. But yeah, I mean, interesting. I'm not obviously a uh, sort of sociologist. Or a... No, it's just fun to think about stuff. Sometimes it's not fun to think about stuff. All this week I've been thinking about stuff. Tired thinking about stuff. Like last night I was like, should I just get some drugs or like drink or something so I can stop thinking about stuff? I find that uh, drinking and drugs don't really help me stop thinking about stuff. It helps me temporarily, but then the next day I have even more stuff to think about. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I just also I last few times I've things. drank, I just cry the whole time anyway. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's what you want. Just listen to uh, nostalgic music and cry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so anyways, the military is not to be trusted. For some reason, they're trying to push that UAVs, UAPs are real. An actual real tangible phenomena that we need to worry about. So let's talk about some other times that the military ran into totally real phenomena that we need to worry about. More important stuff. Of course, number 10, the Camp Pendleton Sasquatch sighting. (laughs) (laughs) 1968, four Marines from Camp Pendleton observed a Sasquatch, um, a Sasquatch light creature during nighttime training. It's a damn Satchmo. A uh, reporting witness remained anonymous, uh, submitted his report to BFRO, which is the Bigfoot Field Research Organization. B-Fro. In 2001, um, he stated while waiting in a dugout hill sometime after midnight, he and his companions heard something coming up the side of the mountain. One of the Marines yelled for whoever it was to halt, then saw what had been responsible for the disturbance. I described the monster as huge, about six to seven feet tall and three and a half feet wide, with a pointed head and long hanging arms. Terrified, the four witnesses waited silently as the beast walked out of sight. Maybe a bear? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, They didn't report any other stories in the area, uh, but the witness's father, who had worked for the Green Lake County Sheriff's Department in Wisconsin in the 70s, remembers reports of Bigfoots from local deer hunters. 
Yeah, misidentifying bears, perhaps, or is it Sasquatch? My thing about Sasquatch is I would love for him to be real, uh, but the only region in the United States where I think makes sense is the Pacific Northwest. So when you hear about Sasquatch Bigfoot sightings, like in other places where there's not like actual dense forestry, it's like, nah, I don't think so. Uh, number nine, Rock Apes versus Gui Rung. Gary Linderer was one of the six-man patrol for the 101st Airborne Division's long-range reconnaissance page. Patriots, probably Patriots. Oh no, I, bet, I think it's supposed to be patrols, but it's a T and seven L. Interesting. Uh, serving in Vietnam when he was resting, he was a strange humanoid creature emerged from the underbrush, standing about five feet tall with broad shoulders, a prominent brow, and a hair-covered face. There was some arguing about the animal's identity. Um, one among them asked if it was a rock ape. Another strange creature commonly observed throughout the Vietnam War, to which another team member replied, "I've seen rock, rock apes." Is. I've seen rock apes, and that sure as hell isn't a rock ape. <laughs> I've seen rock apes. Believe me. Uh, believe you me. Lindor said that it appeared to be an orangutan, uh, which is uh, supposedly not native to Vietnam anymore. But uh, uh, locals maintain the existence of a species called Gui Rung, or forest Gui people. Um, reports from armed forces on both sides of the conflict proved so prevalent that the North Vietnamese Party ordered a scientific study on the region, region while the war was still ongoing. I guess they didn't find anything there. But they did learn a lot about defeating the United States military. <laughs> the RAF Alkenbury Werewolf. Royal Air Force. Alkenbury. Cambridgeshire. England. No, oh, God. Oh, God. Cambridgeshire. <laughs> England, you're fucking goddamn goofy-ass Dungeons & Dragons land. The only cool name in England that's like a cool English name is uh, the, down in Cornwall, where uh, the, it's the end of lands, so they call it Land's End. So I think that's pretty good. But it's not the end of land. There's land. There's more land up there. Yeah, and it, it also it's under the water too. There's more land there. Uh, in the early seventies, uh, here in Cambridgeshire, England, they seem to have quite the werewolf problem. Authors John Hansen and Don Holloway turned up four separate encounters with strange hairy humanoids from this timeline. One of the most iconic accounts came to author and researcher Nick Redfern's attention via comment on his blog. <sighs> Man who went by the name of West claimed that when he was stationed at RAF Alkenbury in 1970, he allegedly had run in with a werewolf while in a secure weapon storage area. Although frightened of the beast, which he described as a bipedal, five feet tall, hairy creature with a flat snout and large eyes, he never once considered using the firearm he was holding. He stated that he felt no aggression from the animal, which took off towards the deeply wooded area next to the base. He's like, no, that doesn't look like any Irishman I've ever seen. Better holster my weapon. <laughs> he's moving too fast. Strong for Irishman. <laughs> he's, he's hairy like an Irishman, but it's not red. Uh, well, following the encounter, West claimed a sort of obsession with contacting the creature again. An obsession which proved fruitful. Some weeks later, he stated that he caught a glimpse of the creature moving through the woods. He carefully approached it, and they made love. Oh, bang a bang, just like in that Bigfoot story read. Whoa. Oh, gotcha. He said it was um, the most intensely spiritual, sexual, erotic experience of his life. He came three like times. This up. Three times. He came three times, and he <laughs> said the werewolf squirts, and it wasn't pee. The squirt wasn't pee. Now, Ben Shapiro <laughs> told me it's got to be urine or some sort of like vaginal stenosis. 
I don't know. I trust Wes here, a man who posted on a blog. Much more than I trust Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro looks like he smells like hot dog water. <laughs> Someone I, was like, uh, Ben Shapiro is like the personification of a wedgie. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, number seven, an SC sighting from World War II. In 43, Mr. C.B. Farrell of the Royal Observer Corps was not looking for strange creatures. Instead, he was keeping an eye out for German bombers. There's a dang dinosaur in the lake. There's a dang dinosaur. He was stationed in none other than Loch Ness. What the fuck for? That's where the German bombers are coming in. (laughs) Scotland. (laughs) According to the tale, one morning, Farrell was scanning the skies when he noticed a large animal in the loch. His binoculars afforded an excellent view of the creature, which he described as having four-foot-long, four-foot-long fin neck. Four-foot-long fin neck. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, Farrell believed the creature was having its breakfast at the time. <laughs> As he observed it, ducking its head in the water and coming out with a teacup. <laughs> now, he actually said it was ducking its head in the water, raising it out of the water, and shaking it before repeating the process over again. I'll tell you, I've got some beans. Earl Grey, too, sir. <laughs> I don't um, know why I have this accent in Scotland, but here we are. <laughs> well, he's, uh, I don't think he's Scottish. He's a transplant. Yeah. Well, his last name is Farrell, though. He might be Irish or Scottish. But one time, um, in a famous Irishman who remained anonymous, but he, in one of his uh, tales, he, he, he met with Captain Farrell. and his money, he was counting. <laughs> you know oh, hi, everybody. <laughs> you, know <laughs> you know what that Irishman did? I was in the jar. <laughs> what that Irishman did? He first produced his pistol. And then... <laughs> He produced his rapier. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Honestly, once you got a pistol out, the rapier seems redundant, <laughs> but maybe it misfires. You know, they didn't have the, the boring that they have on money. Well, I mean, pistols. yeah, the pistols back then, you get one shot. So he's like, in case I miss, I got a rapier. <laughs> I'll cut you up bad. I'll jab you up, Joker. Uh, <laughs> number six, uh, Anubis in Illinois. This is <laughs> a fucking god. <laughs> <laughs> A uh, former member of the U.S. Navy. Blah. Another liar. Go, go beyond 60 minutes. Uh, she wished to be referred to only as Emma. Wrote to author Linda Godfrey about a bizarre experience she had while stationed in Illinois at Naval Hospital Great Lakes. In September of 1994, she and her two others, her future husband John and mutual friend Jim, had been assigned shore patrol. All three were traipsing, Jim, eh? yeah, they're traipsing around the base. Radioing back and forth with lewd messages when something around 3 a.m. Oh, sometime around 3 a.m. John didn't respond to Emma. John, well, John, I've got your wee willy wonka. <laughs> I don't know. This is Illinois. Oh, I'm sorry. I had the bears. This thing. I had the bears. Hey, John, uh, you got the bears. Stuck in England. Yeah. Hey, hey, John. 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 You want some kielbasa? Uh, she walked to his last day of location and found the young man standing and staring at the woods, mouth agape. Do you see Scotty Pippen, John? Following <laughs> his gaze, Emma saw a tall figure with an odd head. Later, ah, upon, it's Scotty Pippen, John. Later, <laughs> Scotty Scotty Pippen kind of does look like a newbies. <laughs> He's a tall figure with an odd head. Like I, I mean, Scotty Pippen's body is like how I imagine Egyptian god, right? You just put a dog head on him. Fucking hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, later, upon seeing a cartoon representation of the Egyptian god Anubis, the jackal-headed god of mummification in the afterlife, Emma claims this is what the creature resembled. 
Had large. What, uh, what are you doing up here in Illinois there, noops? <laughs> large green yellow eyes and long arms. Upon the approach of the third companion, the creature pulled up like a cat and bounded off into the night. I thought it was a dog. Oh, you're gonna. This last sentence is great. If Neil Gaiman taught us anything, maybe old gods never truly die. <laughs> Fart. <laughs> Even Neil Gaiman grew into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all for this Ugh. week. I'm saving the top five for next week. Oh, no. You can't cheese them. Uh huh. This is fucking cliffhanger. Letterman never did this. Even as much of an asshole as Letterman was. I'm a bigger asshole than Letterman. I'm saving it. It's a cliffhanger. It'll make people want to come back next week. How else will they know about the top five military encounters with monsters? <laughs> after hearing about a newbies <laughs> scotty pippen you mean also i'm i i know the true story behind this one it's actually they were having say a sexual encounter all three of them and they weren't you know at their post and they made up the story to cover because if you'll recall earlier on i um made up the part where they heard radio back <laughs> radioing back and forth lewd messages yeah i remember that <laughs> I made up. yeah i made that up but um yeah i know i got that implies to me that the truth is extrapolating from from what i made up (laughs) they were banging (laughs) yeah hanging and banging and obviously when you're banging you gotta make up a weird story about seeing a god that's the where are you guys at like um we definitely weren't banging anubis was there (laughs) holy shit anubis really i mean does anubis like maybe doesn't i mean would he like to see banging i don't know i mean (laughs) that you weren't banging um, you said you weren't banging. I, I, it's weird for him to show up if he didn't smell <laughs> smell sex. So I mean, yeah, I don't know if you know about him a lot about newbies. I, I'm, I'm an expert myself, but he, he's he's drawn to the scent of banging. Well, you know, he's jackal headed, and dogs like smells. So, oh jeez, every time I lock my dog, she's like, "Hey, it's that bush I smelled yesterday. I gotta smell it again." Oh, wait, it's not that bush I smelled yesterday. <laughs> this bush smells like sex. <laughs> <laughs> this one's got coyote pee in it. <sighs> coyote piss. Audis are skinwalkers. Can't wait for the government to come out and confirm that. <laughs> Pentagon reports that all counties are skinwalkers. Look out for them. I, I just can't. Like, all these people like, it's, they're going to confirm it. They're going to confirm it. Tucker Carlson said they're going to confirm it. What I love about it actually is um, in the ufolo- ufology circles that I lurk in, uh, they immediately... Got went suspicious. the opposite direction. We're like, what the fuck is the government trying to do this time? <laughs> it's like the prevailing narrative now is uh, the government's going to stage a false flag alien invasion, like Watchmen. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> you can't steal Alan Moore's ideas. People have already been doing that. Yeah, I think a lot of them may not even be familiar with that, that being the um, ending of Watchmen. But I mean, it's not like it's, it wasn't necessarily originally on more. There's, there's been science fiction stories that have told that similar idea before. Well, the concept makes sense, right? Because uh, you just extrap- you exploit like the tribal nature of humans, right? And the tribe grows larger. If there's another tribe outside of our entire planetary tribe, then maybe we can unify against this threat. Yeah, actually, and eventually I about- we'll have to come to learn to accept these enemies, too, because it turns out entire universe, everyone's bros. Well, because there's gonna be even even uh, scarier aliens out there, just like in Star Trek, right? Because we meet the Vulcans first, and like, oh, I guess these Vulcans aren't so bad because they got those Klingons out there. Oh, he's, yeah, you're right. Then an even bigger threat comes along. And it's, uh, yeah. I always think of this uh, short story. And I think it's in Dangerous Visions. Um, 
where like aliens first appear on Earth, and uh, but it's the the story is set inside a, a bar where all these newsmen are hanging around, and uh, all they're really doing is just telling each other jokes, like racist jokes, where they replace like you know Polish people or uh, black people or Irish people, but now it's like gray men. That's fun. Can't wait for. I guess I probably won't live to see the future where we get to have like crazy slurs about um, aliens. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I guess the whole the whole idea behind it though is that you know what you just said though, uh, human tribes will expand when we have someone else to to look down upon. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's how it works. That's how it's worked in history, and seemingly it's how it continue to work. It'd be um, interesting if we could find a way to make it happen so that we do recognize we get everyone to recognize the uh, planetary unity right where we do become one planetary tribe without having to create a scapegoat if someone could come up with a full way to do that then we'd be in the money but no humans always need a scapegoat that's what if we make it a literal goat black philip black philip black (laughs) philip oh man fucking the goddamn catholics already tried that Shit. <laughs> Too shit. Alistair Crowley, fucking man, he flipped that shit, turned it upside down, changed the world. Thanks, no, Alistair didn't. Crowley. No one paid attention to that motherfucker. He changed my life. No, he didn't. Um, I got a Selma tattoo, so <laughs> he did like, Ooh, he, Wow. <laughs> so he changed it a little bit. He changed my I earthly got, body. I got a Thelma and Louise tattoo. Oh, shit, I'd get one of those. Yeah, they're jumping over my ass crack. That's a pretty good one. That's like when people got, like, the lawnmower through their pubic hair. Or maybe that is just... (laughs) Mine's way better. Oh, shit, this is VHS Cold. I'm Kyle. This is the end of the podcast. Did we do an intro? (laughs) No. Yeah, whatever. This is VHS Cold. I'm Shar. Shar. We're here at the end of the podcast. Thanks for making it to the end where you finally revealed which one of us is which. I wonder if people <laughs> listen to this podcast and can't tell our voices apart. I don't know. I think we sound different enough. Slightly different. Yeah. My uh, f- people I talk to in my personal life who listen to the podcast can tell us apart, but then that's they also um, know me or know both of us, you know? So it's like, well, well yeah. Come in and know me better, man. Know me better, man. That's Santa Claus says that. No, it's a ghost of Christmas present. Yeah, but I th- I think he's Santa Claus. No, come in and know me better, man. I assumed he was Santa Claus, like in his um, you know, kind of off duty when I was a kid, and I just ran with that ever since. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, yeah, that's Santa, Santa vibe from that's Santa Claus. Uh, well, anything else you want to talk about this week? Mm, nah. Fuck it. I always have a list of shit, but you know what I mean? Like, no one cares. I can tell no one cares because uh, I see your viewer lists. Yeah, I tried to. I normally keep a list. It was hard this week because I was just like, oh, man. I remember when our parents were as big as mountains. You know what I mean? Like, weird shit like that. It was <laughs> So, um. I don't know. It's, it's been a long time since I thought about my parents as big as mountains. Well, yeah. So, I was just thinking about childhood and death and aging and time a lot. I guess I think about that a lot normally, but like I said, normally I just like laugh it off if it's like too stressful. But I've it's been uh, you haven't been able to shake it off this week has been the problem. But anyhow, tune in next week where more updates about um, 
uh, mental illness and brain problems, and able to get the, the top five military encounters with monsters. And Ooh. I'll update you about which is my favorite member of Twice. Actually, I'll just tell you now it's Amina because they were making fun of her because she said uh, they said on her off days she'll just stay in her room all day and watch movies. <clears throat> and I was like, oh, hell yeah, the woman of my dreams is actually out there. <laughs> uh, joke's on you. She loves Marvel movies. Oh, you know what? I'm like, I, I'd be like, if we're chilling in bed all day just watching movies and it's like, oh, let's watch Avengers. I'd be like, you know what? Let's do it. <laughs> yes, let's watch Avengers. Let's watch Avengers. Fucking just post it up, cuddling, watching movies, not doing shit, not talking to anyone but each other, having our own secret little world. I haven't seen Age of Ultron since it came out. Maybe it'd be worth a rewatch. That's not. Uh, uh, VHSCult.com, spelled KVLT. So VHSKVLT.com. Go there to listen to this podcast and our backlog of the actual vhs cold podcast which we'll have more episodes of eventually and uh, like and subscribe and follow and rate and review and um tell your friends and family about vhs cult the secret truth that we offer the only way to escape from parasocial hell is to come uh parasitic with us vhs cult